Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast this week. On today's episode, we have a really, really fun podcast. Matt and I break down the entire wide receiver class for this year's fantasy football draft, give you a good breakdown of who you should take early, who you should take late, uh, a fun debate on who we like in the middle rounds, and actually who you can probably win your fantasy league with in the fourth and fifth round this year. Um, really awesome conversation, really, really in-depth analysis of this year's draft class, comparing them um, to last year, tight ends in the class, and you know, hopefully giving you guys the guidance that you need to dominate your drafts coming up in the next couple weeks. But you know what time it is, run the music. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast this week. I'm your host, Matt Guest. With me out in Las Vegas is Matt Morris. When are we taking the Fernando Tatis jersey down from the wall? Will we be selling it? What's the deal here? Uh, We did have our little mini rant last week. Um, It's funny. You do. You have three jerseys on the wall. Two of them are official steroid users. One of them is just a legend. So um, explain yourself. Well, dude, listen, I'm all about the entertainment, man. That's what I'm, that's what I, you know, watch the game for. So if you're hitting bombs and you're juicing <laughs> up, I'm okay with it. Uh yeah, listen, if if Aaron Judge can find a way to win me a fantasy baseball championship, I will take down the Tatis jersey, frame my signed Judge jersey, and I will replace it. But let's go. There's a lot of expectation on Judge, and he's been letting hey, me down. We got so that far. on the record. I love that. So, he had a bomb. Was that yesterday? First home run in games. He had another one. Yeah. Oh shit! So he's back. What is his number at now? Is he almost at fifty? I want to say he's at forty-eight after today. I'll have, we'll have to yeah. look. We'll have okay. to look. And so we will take down. So official bet with yourself, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, we're gonna take down the Tatis jersey and put up an Aaron Judge jersey if he goes on and wins you the fantasy playoffs, which goes if you win this round another two weeks, correct? Correct. Down nineteen today. You know the team. The team Oof. name was changed last night. It wouldn't let me use a swear word because I wanted to use "fuck fantasy baseball." Uh, that's how <laughs> frustrated I was. So I had to change it to "forget fantasy baseball." And lo and uh, behold, today, you know, I put up a hundred points. But of course, my opponent put up ninety because uh, that's just how it works. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's fantasy, baby. That's gambling, baby. Yeah. I uh, speaking of gambling, um, it is the crescendo of the golfing world is coming to an end this weekend the golf championship will be ending this weekend the tour championship matt golf has been electric for me betting in the off season it's gotten the bankroll into a better spot for where i want to get in going into fan or not fantasy but into football season here college and professional i'm not gonna lie to you when you have money on golf it's incredible to sit down and watch for five hours when you have a three-month-old kid when you just have a little kid there crying, complaining, pooping, throw a little golf on, tell him, hey, if we're going to be a pro athlete with my jeans, this might be our outlet here. But, you know, like check the swing out, look at the bunker shots um, and it's going to be electric. So how they do the championship, Matt, in the golf is so they have like these rankings and these points throughout the year. And you if you win a tournament, you get like 500 points, whatever. So now the top 30 guys, it's a, it's a tournament of 30 guys. That's it. Just the top 30 are playing this weekend. And it's staggered. So the guy in first starts 10 under 10 stroke lead. Second guy is nine. Next guy's eight. Next guy's seven. So on and so forth. So like if you put in the work all season, you literally start with a 10 stroke lead on the guys from like, I think 20 to 30 or 25 to 30. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like that. I think I think a lot of fantasy playoffs could learn how to maybe take away from that. A little bit in the respective of like betting there as well. Um, also, though, I don't like, hate that idea. If you were to do like a like the playoffs and you let all eight guys play, but everyone played against each other, but the first place started with like a hundred extra points or something like that. Like you know, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like get, there is a, get, there is a very fun creative way to get that in there, but I think it's pretty cool. Like you get a ten stroke lead. I mean, the second place guy is only a stroke or two back, but like you put in all the work, all those tournaments that you won throughout the year to set yourself up for 
a huge payday. That, that's See, mostly what it is. That's and and I don't know NASCAR enough to like really reference this, but you I'm gonna bring the, it. Oh, okay. Bring it. I'm gonna bring it up because NASCAR is kind of the same way where it's like it's a point derivative concept for a championship. Right. It's not just one race. Right. And like it would suck because I think in NASCAR, if you have a big enough lead. It's almost impossible. Like the the last few races don't even matter, you know. And, yeah, and like, I think and, you're right. And rightfully so. So like if Jimmy Johnson won seven of twenty five races and the next closest guy won two, the other guy has no business even competing with Jimmy Johnson. It's just it's not fair. Same thing with golf. Right. Though. Like if a guy comes out and you know wins, I know this is ridiculous to say, but say he wins seven tour events. Right. No, this this weekend shouldn't matter. He should have a 97 stroke lead on everybody else and literally be <laughs> able to take a, a child's iron out there and just chip away at things because you've done so much dominance. But I get it. Like from a perspective of entertainment, it's like, well, we've got to make it interesting. It's like, but do you really like, can't you just reward the guy that dominated? So and yeah, I know that's not a thing in golf. You fortunately, know? with golf, it's different. Well, in NASCAR, it's kind of like that, too. I think Johnson was a little bit of an anomaly. But golf this year, Scotty Scheffler is the number one player in the world, the guy who's in first. He only won four events, and he won almost all four of those. I think his last win was like two or three months ago, at least. Like He hasn't won in a while. So it's taken into account his wins from from the past as well, which I think is is pretty cool. Um, and, and I'm excited to watch and see And unlike NASCAR, uh, a big difference between NASCAR and what they have going on in golf is in NASCAR, the whole field races, whereas two weeks ago they had 125, then last week it was 70. Now it's just the top 30. All right, bro. So this is a big episode here. We did the running backs for fantasy last episode. Everyone's pretty much going to be drafting this weekend. So if you guys want to get your draft knowledge in, get some draft insight from us, go back last week. We did the running backs. Today, we're going to do wide receivers and a few of the tight ends, basically the top tier uh, tight ends. Um, There's a lot of receivers out there. We talked about a ton of running backs last episode. And what we're going to break down today on top of like the wide receivers who you should draft early, who we like, who we don't like, is where you can find the value picks. Because last year, perfect example, Matt, is that you could reach for some of these guys in the first round. I found myself guilty reaching for the wrong guys last year and league winners. We're in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round. For example, Cooper Cup. For example, Jamar Chase. Guys that are now being picked top five. Don't think that that's not going to happen again this year. Maybe they won't be the wide receiver one. Maybe they won't be the wide receiver two. But they will be guys fifth, sixth, seventh round that if you get the right guy, right team, right system, he's going to be a plug-and-play wide receiver one to pair up with your top-tier running back that you draft early or vice versa, you reach for Cooper Cup and talk and grab one of those guys we talked about late in the draft on the running back episode last week. So I'm fired up, Matt. What about you, brother? Yeah, and I think to kind of what you were just saying, like my number one guy this year is Sutton from Denver. Like I, I kind of did a mock run through of our uh, Beer Olympic League, which is a 14 man league. And I kind of wanted to see where I fell with that nine slot. Now I'm drafting ninth to start the first round and like kind of looked into the future and was like, man, who can be those guys in the third, fourth, fifth round. And as soon as we get to that round, it's like, okay, here you go. Third round. There's DK Metcalf out there. Scary, scary Terry's out there, right? Like guys that could elevate themselves to 12, 1300 yard seasons with 10, 12 touchdowns. And then Sutton's also there. I think fourth or fifth round sitting there where it's like, well, Sutton could be the same way, 1,200 yards, 1,300 yards, 10, 12 touchdowns. Like that's what you're looking to draft in the first round of the fantasy draft. Like you're hoping that Jay Jeff goes out there and gets you 1,400 yards, probably 1,500 yards with 15 touchdowns. But right. the reality is he could have a 1,212 season and it's still a very, very, very good season. But as you're taking him with that third or fourth overall pick, you're really disappointed. And you saw that with Hopkins last year, right? Like, had you and, just and Diggs waited. too? Like, yeah, Diggs closed out the year really well, but I think he went. And I, and I need to fact check this. And sorry for you guys out there, but like, I'm pretty sure he went about three to four weeks to start the season without scoring. So he still was productive. He'd still have his hundred yards, five catches, which is like solid, but he's not competing against he was like wide receiver 12 13 for a while and it's like damn i wasted a first round draft pick on this guy and i'm playing miles gaskin you know like this is this is what's crazy so like right to the numbers that i just said okay 
2020, Stefan Diggs had 127 catches, right? 166 targets. Very good season. 100 and, or 1,535 yards, 1,500 okay. yard season, eight touchdowns. You drafted right. him for that. 2021, 103 catches, right? 24 less catches, uh, uh, 1,225 yards. Yeah, you know, two three hundred three hundred yeah yeah three hundred less yards, uh, ten touchdowns. So he had two more touchdowns. But that that's a third round wide receiver. That's not a first right. round wide receiver, right? One hundred percent. And and Diggs was solid. Like I'm not even like in you know Hopkins gets hurt, but Hopkins was catching touchdowns, but wasn't getting catches and yards. And it was just yeah. like it was just a it was a never ending cycle of disappointment for me last year. And it shit happens, you know. You you make mistakes. I I had the game plan. If I had to make one recommendation, stick with your gut, stick with your game plan. If you have one, don't fly by the seat of your pants and take risks. You well, okay, and let's talk about that for a minute, right? Let's talk okay. about game plan because we have different concepts here, right? Like I play auction and I play roto, uh, or like you know snake snake drafts. I think you're mainly doing snake this year. Is that right? Yeah, I only do. Um, I only do a snake draft. Uh, okay. in, in all my leagues, not not by like choice, like the auction ones are fun, but all the ones that I'm in are, are just specifically snake, snake drafts. Do you sit down before you draft for those drafts and kind of say, OK, I have the seventh position here. Let me see through round 10 who I'm looking at, where I'm looking. Or do you kind of go into the drafts and just say, I know what I want to do in the first round and like I'll just pivot from there? I usually do so when I it's so I'll do a couple mock I've been doing more mock drafts over the past like I don't know three four years than I have in the past and it's honestly more for the three four five six like I'll probably go about six rounds to just be like okay or at least five to know like okay these guys are in my general vicinity for my first four to five picks okay. right whether that's a quarterback tight end running back receiver whatever it might be right so that that's where I go, and that's what's nice about the, our beer Olympic League is that we know our draft position going in. Mm-hmm. Now, for some of these like work leagues, family leagues, friend leagues, where I'm just kind of getting thrown to the fire, and I don't know where I'm drafting. Like, I, I really do just fly by the seat of your pants a little bit. But that's why we do this, right? Like, I have an idea that you know, for example, like you said, Metcalf is wide receiver twenty one. So okay, cool. If I'm at the top end of the draft, maybe I want to go. Uh, running back heavy and I know I can get a DK or a McLaurin later on in like the third or fourth round so um, all in all my game plan if I know where I'm picking I usually do some sort of analysis on who will be there for the first five rounds is usually what I go to and then after that I know some guys that I just like to have rookies and different things like that yeah I feel you and that's kind of what I found yesterday I don't have the uh, I don't have the mock-up of our league in front of me but I want to say it was pick 127 again don't have it in front of me it drops off significantly i put some notes in my in my pages document where i was like okay if you don't have a tight end from here send it you're just gonna get alberto in the 15th round who gives a shit uh it was like you but after this point like you either have taken a a defense in round eight or again you're just waiting there's certain thresholds within our 14 man where it just yeah 14 is different things change drastically and so like kind of looking ahead with that I was really able to just say, okay, I don't love what I'm seeing as, as to who's available, but obviously you, you just kind of have to build the roadmap for, okay, I'm, I'm going to look at wide receivers here because this is prominent. And you and I talked before we started recording tonight. It's like Christian McCaffrey could realistically fall to you at seven. That would completely throw my roadmap off because in reality, I'm not looking at that seven position as having Christian McCaffrey available, right? Like that's just right, not something course. that should be there. So then, okay, is everything else out the window, right? If you take Christian McCaffrey, now are you forced to change rounds two, three, and four because that wasn't on the table? So even road mapping can be hard. Yeah, for sure. I, I agree. And honestly, that's that was my big knock against Mox Forever is it's just not realistic. Like mm-hmm. you, you like that's why I like the general vicinity. I can have some of these guys. Like these will probably be yep. the guys that are around. So I think that's the benefit. But let's get into these receivers here. So we're going to start off with uh, basically the top five wide receivers here. Because um, I think it does. I definitely think it dips after the top five. And once again, uh, if you didn't listen to our last episode, we're going to use the fantasy pros list. We like the way they break it down. They'd say, you know, wide receiver one, two, three, four, five, the ADP and an overall. I think they do this on probably a 10 or 12 man league, I would assume. 
I would think um, 12 is from what I would I'm think 12 seeing. is probably yeah. average, right? We are going to play a little game called first round or second round with our top five wide receivers. Pretty simple. Are you drafting them in the first round? Are you drafting them in the second round? Okay. So first guy on the list here is actually Justin Jefferson. He's the wide receiver one on Fantasy Pros. First round, second round, Matt. First. Yeah, I think he's an easy first. Next guy, Cooper Cup. First round, second round. I'd say first, and for both of these guys, I'd say top nine. Yeah, and and we'll, let's let's uh let's say we'll do this for a twelve man league, twelve person okay. league, whatever. Got it. Um, okay, I can see that. I I actually see both of them going. I see them both going top six. I just have a feeling mm-hmm. people are going to reach based on their and they're both studs. Like they should. Out of everyone on here, I feel like they are the safest bets for a fifteen to twenty point week every single week. So. Yeah. Um, I personally would put Cup above Jefferson, but that's just personal preference. I think him and Stafford just have some freaky good connection. Um, wide receiver three is Jamar Chase, first or second round. I'm saying first round, but I'm saying pick 11 or 12 because at that point, you're going to probably loop back around right away and get a running back. So yep. uh, I'm good with keeping Chase in the first round. Yeah, I could see Chase first round too. I think these last three guys are, in my opinion, interchangeable. Um, and if this is how my draft went, I'd be pretty stoked because next they have Stefan Diggs at wide receiver four. Um, I will jump in front of you. I think he's in that 12 man league. Like he might be second round, honestly. Easy. Yeah, an easy second round. Like I'll be honest with you, I'm taking Kamara's uh, Chubb, Saquon. He's probably, like, if I were to do a mock right now, like 17, 18, 19, 20. Yeah, it says his highest draft uh, position is eight on Fantasy Pros. Lowest is all the way down to 20th. So his so average eight. is about is about 13, which is right at yeah. the top of the second round. Yeah. Um, The next guy I would take over him personally in a fantasy draft is yep. Devontae Adams. So Same. I'd say Devontae, I'm still going to give him a first round grade. I would probably still take Devontae over Chase. I think he has so much to prove. All I've heard out of camp is that when him and Carr are playing against these... uh. Uh, these inner squad practices, whatever they're called, where they have the other teams come in, is they are tearing it up, which isn't a surprise. Devontae is going to be one-on-one with that offense that they have. Um, so I like Devontae over Chase and Diggs. Personally, he's my wide receiver three in fantasy, so I got him as a first-round grade. Yeah, I think this is recency bias for me, man. I'm going to take Dev- I'm going to take Chase over Devontae. I just need I think, to see I it. I can get behind that argument because of the just need to see it. Mm-hmm. And I Chase, just need to see it. As we talked about before we got on the podcast here is week 6 or 17, excuse me, the Lat Fantasy Championship weekend. He had 200 plus and two touchdowns. Like he literally won people the league. So, um not that Devontae didn't or anything like that, but Chase has proven it with Burrow, so we will have to see. I, I can get behind that reasoning. Yeah, and um, for that, and that too, like Devonte is definitely a second round pick for me. Um, I'm going to throw some auction values on these guys for roadmap purposes. Sure, go I think for Jay it. Jeff and I think Cup are probably sixty five to seventy dollar in a two hundred dollar auction. And that's first overall top five kind of money, right? Um, I think Chase is like. A big drop off here. If he's my three, probably fifty-five to sixty dollars. I mean, that's only ten to fifteen dollars, but in, a, in an auction draft, that's a lot of money. Right. Uh, and I think if I'm saying fifty-five to sixty dollars for Chase Adams, probably comes in at like fifty-three to fifty-five. You know, like just right under that. And then I'd have digs. Honestly, Matt, thirty-five dollars. Yeah, that's I how, mean, I just, I don't, I, I don't think out. he's. The thing that I notice of being a fantasy owner with him last year is he's electric. He's amazing. He's he's fucking awesome. But Josh Allen is so good that he spreads the ball around a lot. Yep. Unlike Aaron Rodgers to Devontae, where it was just all about mm-hmm. Devontae every time. Allen is not afraid to throw it to the fourth best receiver in the red zone or at any time. Right. Uh, Dawson Knox, you know, like he ended up being a solid fantasy guy because if he was open or the play was ran for him, he was getting the ball. Now, well, without Davis, Dayball there, who knows, you know? Gabe Davis is going to be a huge piece. I would not be surprised if Gabriel Davis has 12 touchdowns this season. And you know sure, what? That's sure. going to cut into Diggs' production. I mean, let's be honest. We just talked about it. The most he's had is 10, yeah. which is solid. But, I mean, that's that's $35 worth. That's a $30 pick worth, right, in, the, in that auction um, format that you were talking about.
So this next group, and we'll do, we'll, we'll do, I, I just kind of thought of this off the top of my head here. We'll do uh, make or break your team. So we're just going to do the next uh, 10 guys I'm going to go through here. Are these guys, these are the make or breaks, right? Like these are the guys that you draft that are either going to just be an absolute stud or like, wow, did I really take this guy over that guy? Mm-hmm. For me, did I really take DeAndre Hopkins over Cup last year for the example, right? And Hopkins is good, but he wasn't Cup right um so wide receiver six here is cd lamb is he making or breaking your team in fantasy this year making and i'm taking him over Stefan Diggs. i'm i think i'm i 100 percent there for the first time in a long <laughs> time the cowboys aren't getting a lot of heat publicity wise um i don't i how is he not getting 12 targets game yeah right like straight yeah. up he's this is i agree with you i think cd lamb is wide receiver one potential this year. And if he doesn't, like it's either Dak sucks or he's not that good. And I think it would be on Dak, not on CD. Mm -hmm. CD's, he's awesome. Uh, Next guy is Mike Evans. Make or break your team. I'm going to say break. It's because I'm very concerned with the Buccaneers offensive line. Very concerned. (laughs) You are Um, very concerned with their left guard just tore his ACL and MCL. Their center's out for the season. They lost their right guard. And Tristan Wirf is out for an an unknown period of time. That means their left tackle is the only returning player. Yikes. Yeah. Um, I I still have Mike Evans making your team just because without um, Godwin there for a while, he's going to be the number one option. So, I, I like the number one option. I believe in Tom Brady and him. Uh, I don't think he's ever gone a season without a thousand yards. So you got to give him the tip of the cap there. He's definitely one of the most underrated guys. I'm surprised to see him over the next guys that we're going to get into here, which is the first one, the big one here, Matt Tyree kill wide receiver eight. Uh, they have him drafted as high as 14, as low as 46, which I don't know how that happens. Um, Average ADP of 24, basically 25 for Tyreek Hill. Make or break your fantasy team with Tyreek Hill. Okay, this is a really, really hard one. I'm going to say break. I'm going to say break, but Mm. it's going to have the asterisk around that that he's going to have some massive games. Um, I just think that the the consistency. Yes, I think the consistency that we saw of his booming in um, Kansas City is going to go away a little bit. You know, we're going to see more of like seven, eight points with four or five receptions for 60 yards. And then we're going to see like nine for 180 with three touchdowns. And it's yeah. like, damn, that's what you're drafting for. But like, can you incur the cost of that four or five catch 60 yard game? Stinkers. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's why I'm saying bust, because if you're taking him second round, you need him to be a baller. Yeah, I, I feel you, bro. Um, I actually I, I have him breaking your team as well. I for for those reasons I just don't know I don't know if he's going to be that same explosive guy, right? Like I know he is. It's it's on the quarterback and a lot of times when I'm judging who I want to pick, it's based on the quarterback. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I have Mike Evans making the team not cuz he's making your team not cuz he's better than Tyreek, it's cuz he has Tom Brady throwing him the ball. Also right? real like, quick. That's that's the reason. Yeah, go for it. Um, I will say this, if he makes your team, if he's a guy that can can win a fantasy season, it will be because Miami's playing from behind. And I want to remind people, Blake Bortles made Allen Robinson in his rookie season, an absolute Um, fantasy standout because Jacksonville is playing behind so much. So if Miami, for whatever reasons, down 10, 14 points in the fourth quarter, you're just going to see to it, airing it out for Tyreek. And that could, I mean, that could make Tyreek number one in fantasy, but Again, we need to see what Tua's ability to throw the ball on the field in gameplay looks like. Yep, totally agree. Um, next guy, Keenan Allen, absolute stud, LA Chargers, making or breaking your fantasy team? Um, it's breaking. There's just too many weapons out there with with LA. Uh, I love I love Keenan. I think he's a very very good player. I think on another team he'd probably have more accolades, but Keenan is who he is at this point. He's a fantastic wide receiver too. And he's a disappointment at wide receiver one. Yeah, I actually have a break on Keenan as well. And I love Keenan Allen. Yep. Big I drafted him last year in a couple leagues and he was fine. 
but you you said it correctly. They have too many weapons, and just like Josh Allen, Herbert isn't that guy who's mm-hmm. just going to zone in on Keenan. Maybe one game, maybe two games out of the year because they just have the matchup, but he's going to spread it around to everyone, and as long as Austin Eckler is healthy, he's going to take away targets from Keenan. As long as Mike Williams is healthy, he's going to take away targets from Keenan. So uh, I agree. He has too, too high of a price to pay for Keenan. Um, to make your team well, and that's my problem. We don't know who the number one is this season. Like Mike Williams had a great I mean, season last year. I still year. think it's Allen, but I. If you even have to, I question mean, realistically, it, that's the it's problem, almost it's almost right? Eckler. It's almost Eckler. Yeah, is the, is the problem you. for me. You know, like he's yeah. just too explosive on that offense. Um, next guy's your guy. Guy that should have won you your league. Uh, Debo mm. Samuel, make or break. This is a layup. <laughs> uh, Debo is gonna break you. You you can't have him going where he was you last think year so? too. Yeah, absolutely because I, well yeah I think, what round did you get him last year i said like 10th 11th round last year it was crazy because Ayuk yeah. was being taken before him last year now hear me out the, the break comes from a perspective of health concerns as well as you know volume and role i think this season they're going to look to keep him healthy i think they're going to look to minimize his usage unless they absolutely need it and they're going to have a quarterback that's more explosive than Jimmy G was, which is also going to allow him to get out of the pocket and do some things himself. And I also think that re- that rhythm and that relationship with Brandon Ayuk is going to grow. So basically what I'm saying is here, I expect George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk to have bigger roles. I expect Debo Samuel to take his foot off the gas pedal a little bit now that he's paid, have a good season. But where he's being drafted will break your team. Okay. I, I can get behind the argument. I still think he's a make. I still think he's the number one guy on the team. Um, I th- still think he's going to be the focal point of the office, even if it's not getting the ball in the backfield. I think with Lance and you and I both aren't Lance guys. So this is going to be a huge year to go back on the tape and see if we were right or wrong. Right. It's just one season, but we'll we'll definitely get a good gauge on where we were at on that QB series from two drafts ago. Um, I think they're just going to dink and dunk with him. Wide receiver screen. Keep it simple. Um, send him on a couple deep routes on play action. I, I still love Debo. I know it's a high price to pay. But now, once we drop into this second tier of quarterbacks, or, excuse me, wide receivers, I think it really takes a big step back after Debo here at 10, starting with Mike Pittman Jr. Um, still a good player, but is Mike Pittman Jr. make or breaking you? Um, man, this is hard. Um, Bast 6, 22. I'm going to say again via cost here. This is the big issue I have. It's cost break i agree i think break. with him i agree way more like the fact yeah i'll just i'll just read down the rest of the top 15 i, I should have just go, went right there so got mike Pittman at 11 aj brown 12 t higgins 13 dj moore 14 um and then we've got deontay johnson 15 so throw deontay johnson out of there right um but you've got those guys i take brown higgins and more over him for sure. And then not to mention, Matt, if we're getting to this point in your draft for all the listeners out there and a tight end hasn't been taken yet, like I'm taking Mark Andrews, I'm taking Kelsey, I'm taking um, Mark uh, Mark Andrews as well. Uh, or wait, who did I miss? I said Andrews, Kelsey, oh, um, and Kyle Pitts. I'm taking all three of those guys before I'm all taking right, so my, pick, my I had pick to pull this junior. up. Because this was the list I used last night. Okay, this is ESPN's top 200 PPR. Okay. Yeah, Mike Pittman going 34, 34 off the board. That's just, you know, they've ranked these guys. So he's the 34. Yeah, they have him 27 on draft or uh, fantasy pros. That's just ridiculous. Um, They got Zeke Elliott 34, mm, roughly. Okay, I take that back, actually, because, yeah, okay, anyways. ESPN. Yeah, it's it's around, you know, everyone's different, but yeah, go ahead. What were we going to say? 34. Um, They've got Jalen Waddle, 37. Nope. Uh, Deontay Johnson, 40. Nope. Terry McLaren, 42. Yeah, no brainer over those guys, in my opinion. DK Metcalf, 44. No brainer. Duh. J.K. Dobbins at 46. Are you kidding me? I'd way rather have J.K. Dobbins than Michael Pittman. Duh. Um, And then even Mike Williams at 47. That's where it's like, hmm, would I rather have Mike Williams or would I rather have Michael Pittman? I know what I get with Williams. But I also yeah, see the tough. upside of Michael Pittman. Right. Pittman could go for 12 and 10, just like we talked about with Diggs. For like, sure. I really believe Matt Ryan is the guy. But the difference is I'm paying a price 
at 34. Are you really taking your third round mm-hmm. pick as Mike Pittman? Like yeah. that, that's the question. Like I'm taking my third round pick at Pitts if Andrews is there, like a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I don't, you know, I'm taking AJ Brown T Higgins over him with zero hesitation, zero yeah. hesitation, especially AJ Brown. Um, what do you think about him fantasy wise this year? I know it's interesting because Hertz is, you know, Hertz is going to throw maybe 35 times a game. But what do you think Brown's going to have similar production that he had in Tennessee? I feel like the comp is basically the same with the quarterback, you know? I think Hertz probably throws a max of like 20 times a game. Um, and I, I, I'm staying away from AJ Brown. Like, I, I just can't. I can't buy into the consistency again. And I think the big issue here when we're talking about these guys inside the top 40 is that's your first, excuse me, that's your second or third round pick. And I'm not taking AJ Brown as my, my third round pick. I'm not, I'm just not doing it because I'm trying to find guys at that number one wide receiver position that can be consistent for me. Right. I know Terry McLaurin's going to be consistent. I know DK Metcalf's going to be consistent because they've shown that in the past on the teams that they're playing on. I just don't know that Brown can be consistent on top of, again, he has injury concerns. So if I'm taking him as my wide receiver too, sure. But again, if I'm sitting at that third round, I would rather have Dobbins. Like he's just from me, he's off my board. I've, I, I, I totally agree with you, brother. I, I really do. This is, this is the make or break, right? Like that's why we just did that. Right. Yeah. And let's, let's transition to the next tier. This is the, this is the league winner tier. Mm. Like this is the guy you draft. That's you're going to be like, did I really oh, get yeah. this guy in the fourth round? Did I oh, yeah. really get this guy in the fourth round? Did I really get this guy in the fifth round? And uh, I'm going to skip over Deontay Johnson and Waddle, Matt. Like, I mean, do you, do you see, league winner or make or no. break out of the, no, either no, one no, of those no, guys no. and that's bust, no i like i like deontay he's solid but like what are we going to get out of the quarterback position there and jalen waddle like he was nice last year but once again am i taking a third round pick on everyone was taking waddle in the seventh eighth round last year that's a good pick you know like so waddle for me is the guy week seven and eight before that trade deadline hits that you go out and you get for that fourth running back that you drafted that fifth running back that you drafted because the team is, you know, four and three. They're like me. I've got fucking, yeah. I've got Mike Davis, yeah, and Miles Gaskin head and, my running back duo. And you're like, I'm dead. And Jalen Waddle at that point, I just genuinely believe will have had more games of inconsistency than consistent play. My point of saying this is Jalen Waddle will win leagues week 14, 15, 16. Like okay. he will win leagues because at that time in the season, Tyreek Hill is going to be doubled. At that point, we're going to know what Tyreek Hill is. Yeah. And Jalen Waddle's Antula, just yeah. going to feed. So he probably won't get dropped because he's, right, as you said right now, third, fourth round pick right now. But if you can go out and get him for a discount for which was the seven, eight, nine round pick last year, you know, that wide risk, that running back four that you just literally rostered to trade eventually, go do that. And Waddle will be that guy that you can slip into your flex or your wide receiver two at the end of the year. I strongly believe that. League winners. I'm just gonna I'm gonna run through them here in this. What is this? The wide receiver 17, all the way to wide receiver. I like 22. We'll go to 17 to 22. I think these are the yeah these are these are the golden geese for me at least. And there's a couple more sleepers down there, but these are the guys. So um, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton. Um, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, DK Metcalf. Those guys are ranging in the early 40s to 40 to 50 on their ADP here. Um, I don't know where they get some of these numbers for these guys drafting in the 70s and 80s, but regardless, we're looking fourth, fifth round for those guys, Matt, out of that list. And I'll read it again one more time. Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, Cortland Sutton, Brandon Cooks, Allen Robinson, and DK Metcalf. Which one of those guys or which few of those guys are winning you your fantasy league this year? So I'm going to preemptively say this, okay? I want two of these guys on every team I have. This is the this is the money market pocket right here. Like, I this can't is, wait for this. I know one of them. I'm curious what the second one is. I've got almost I've got all but one being hits. 
Okay. Uh, Mike Williams hit Terry McLaren, hit Corlin Sutton, hit Brandon Cooks, hit DK Metcalf, hit Allen so Robinson. So you don't have Robinson as a hit. Why? No. Um, why? I'm just curious. Why? Like, what? What? What makes you think that? It's been a few years since we saw him as a high volume target. And anytime your number one option is a monster like Cooper Cup, I'm concerned. I'm concerned yeah. because I could say the same thing about Mike Williams having a number one target too, right? Like we just kind of talked about Keenan Allen, but Keenan Allen is not the Cooper Cup volume machine. Sure. And I think Mike Williams like connection with Herbert, especially with how many touchdowns he scored last year has proven that Herbert trusts him to get the ball in the end zone. Yeah. I don't know yet what Allen Robinson is. And like, honestly, out of all of these guys, I'll take all of them over Allen Robinson. And because of that, he's got to be the, the bust. I'll take DK, DK, DK. I'll take Brandon Cooks, right? I'll take Sutton. I'll take McLaren. I'll take Williams. All of them over uh, Allen Robinson if I'm sitting there with those options. And I like those picks. If I have to take Allen Robinson, I'm probably pretty pissed. And honestly, yeah. I, I will follow that up with at 29 is Amon Ross St. Brown. I'm taking Amon Ross St. Brown over Allen Robinson. No question. Right. See, like he was one of those guys a little lower that you're like, okay, I. Mm-hmm. I Definitely can get behind picking him. Um, I, I like Robinson just because of what you saw out of Robert Woods and Odell last year. Specifically Odell. He's more of an Odell type, right? Um, I think that Sean McVay is probably the best offensive coordinator in football, right? In the offensive mind. Like, I don't think we can really debate that too much after the season that Cup and Stafford had last year, right? He's the hottest coach in football right now, in my opinion. Uh, also, I was listening to a pod shoot. I cannot remember which one it was, so I feel bad not giving them credit. But they said that McVay by far threw the ball the most out of any team in the NFL last year, which was something that I thought was really encouraging. Um, and I am high on Robinson. I'm, a, I'm an Allen Robinson guy. I like him. I would take him over Williams for this reason and this reason alone is that I knew and everyone should have known that Williams is going to have a good year last year, contract year. Now, what I'm expecting this year from Williams is what we've always seen out of Williams. Five great games, and he's hurt. Five great games, he's inconsistent. Five great games, and then he's not there for you, which he was at the end of the year. He wasn't there, and he fell off. That's just classic Mike Williams, where I think Robinson will start gaining more momentum and being a potential wide receiver one by the end of the year. Now, out of this list, I think the obvious number one is Cortland Sutton. Right. Mm-hmm, like yeah. if 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 Russ can do what you and I both think he's going to do, there's no doubt Sutton's going to be the number one. We'll get to Judy later down on the list, who I think has high value as well. But Sutton is a proven wide receiver, one with bad quarterbacks. I think he he's the answer this year. Um, you and I both love Cooks. Obviously, I love McLaurin last year. My I guess you call it a hot take. I still don't think it's that hot. I said he's better than CD Lamb. And if he had a real quarterback, we'd actually be able to see that. I still genuinely believe he's right there, if not better, too. CD's a stud. I'm not saying he's not. Um, I think DK's a sneaky, sneaky great play this year. Yeah, I love DK this year. The volume. It should be a volume machine, I mean, right? tell a me he doesn't machine. get 15 targets again. <laughs> They're yeah. going to be getting their ass whooped all year. And he, like, and he can win jump balls, so like, bad quarterback or not. it's the DK show now, too. Yeah. There's no rust there, you know? I want to follow up your Allen Robinson real quick because I don't disagree. One of my big, big concerns is Cam Akers is healthy. And that offense originated with Sean McVay with Todd Gurley. Yeah, that's true. And the running game. Now, listen, I agree. You know, Robert Woods and Odell Beckham were great. I forget about that because, you know, it's not recently in my mind. They were really good. And if Allen Robinson can step into that role, seven, eight targets a game, six, seven catches a game, 90 yards and a touchdown, that role will grow. Also, Cooper Cup, how many times do we see these guys repeat? Never, ever, Yeah, ever, ever, I mean, ever. yeah. Like, right? He, he's not he Calvin the best Johnson. Season, he had the best season in NFL history as a wide receiver last year. Like, you can't, you can't expect that mm-hmm. out of him again this year. Like, it was unprecedented what he did last year. So, I, I agree with you. Like, you're, you kind of sold me on Allen Robinson. I'm still going to say no come draft time. That's that fine. may change. Uh, probably will Just change. Just pass on him for me. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be me and We're you right next to each other, of are. course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I agree with you at this point. I would actually rather have him than Williams. The last thing I'll say at this tier is if Williams, if you draft Williams and he starts the same way he did last year, trade him. You go trade him yep. for Mike Evans, right? Go get, get behind Mike that. Oh, done. Just, just like zip him out because you're right. At the end of the year, he won't be there. Um, 
much like I've been a lot wrong of before, guys. but he's just one of those guys. Like last year when he was having the best, I drafted Mike Williams four years straight. This mm. is why I'm telling you this. Like maybe three years straight, not last year because he just didn't fall to me in the draft. And I was like, of course he's going off. Whereas before, it's like you're so good, but gosh, you just can't. You can't fully figure it out, you know. Yeah. Which it is what it is. Man, they're, they're pro. They're pro guys. Okay, so we've dubbed this the list here. These next tier of guys as the I took two running backs already group. And don't be alarmed. This is a fucking group right here. Like, <laughs> I don't know if we have league winners here, Matt, but we have guys that you can preseason right now. You put in your lineup and I feel good about it. I'll go down losing with some of these guys right now. A hundred percent. Um, starts off with the newest acquisition for Arizona, the wide receiver one for Arizona for six weeks, Marquise Brown, uh, Darnell Moody, uh, Mike Thomas, who we're just going to kind of F off. I, we don't really want to talk about Thomas, um, Jerry, Judy, Rashad Bateman and Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll cut it off right there. Marquise Brown, Moody, Judy, uh, Rashad Bateman, Amon Ross St. Brown, all number ones outside of Judy who could be the one for Denver this year. Yeah, and I think here, even though Mooney's 25, I think you're going to see guys get drafted ahead of him. I think Amon Ra probably goes ahead yeah. of him. Godwin goes ahead of him. And because of that, I think he's probably the sexiest name on this short list for me um, at that position, uh, You know, below all of those guys, because he is the number one. There is nobody else other than Cole Komet and David Montgomery in Chicago for Fields right. to get that ball to. And I will go, I will die on this sword. He will be catching eight to 12 balls every single game. Now, yeah. it might only be for 60, 70 yards, but it's going to be the receptions that gets him the volume this season. And if you can get him as your wide receiver too and pair him up with the Marquise Brown, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I'd be more happy if he were sitting in my flex, though. Sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the guys that have potential wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver ones, um, are Amon Ra, Moody, and I'm even going to throw Bateman in there. I'm going to die on this sword that I did last year. He didn't have his opportunity. He got hurt. He was my wide receiver one last year, um, which I know. Well, okay, outside of Chase. Sorry, I had Chase, then him. That was my deal. I said he's better than Waddle. Um, I don't didn't think he had the proper opportunity to show that this year. Now, unfortunately for him, there's Mark Andrews, and they're just not going to throw the ball enough to hit for him to put in that wide receiver one. But I love Bateman, man. Um, if I had to rank this group here, I think it's obvious that it should be Amon Ross St. Brown. The guy literally carried fantasy teams last year, and I don't know what would change just because they got DJ Chark and somebody else. Like He's still going to get the volume. They're still going to be losing. He's their slot guy. Um, I love Mooney as well. I love Mooney. And honestly, you can't go wrong with Jerry Judy. He has Russell Wilson. Like He's going to catch a couple 50, 60-yard bombs this year in that altitude with Wilson. I, I think all those guys are easy, easy, safe plays. I think Marquise is a bit of a risk, Matt. What, what are your thoughts on Hollywood coming into the year? Yeah, I don't, I don't like him. I'd rather have these other guys ahead of him. I think he has, has the name, right? Like we, we really forget that this player, Marquise Brown, was taken first round to be a mimic of Tyreek Hill, and like he just hasn't done the he's same. Not that guy. He's not that guy. He's not. That's not who he is, and he's not a big-bodied wide receiver either. And big, and these prototypical wide receivers that Arizona likes to have Brown, Andy Isabel, um, more, right? Like they haven't worked out very well. So is my expectation that Brown comes in here and just changes everything and goes for eight and one thirty and a touchdown every game? No. It's just no. I don't believe it. Uh and a big thing with Marquise Brown, you're you watch Ravens games. So correct me if I'm wrong here. I've watched him in a select few games give up on routes after X amount of time. And you know, Lamar and uh, Kyler are similar in the way that they need you to be able to make a play for them in your route package after they've broken containment. And for me personally, you can't give up on your routes. You've you got to go out there and you've got to be able to produce. Um, it's something that Hopkins and Adams have done very well in their careers. If Marquise can do it in Arizona, sure, maybe he can change things, but I've, I've seen him give up on Lamar a lot. So with Marquise, I don't necessarily think, Matt, that it was him giving up on the plays. He dropped a lot of balls. 
and he dropped a lot of deep balls, which is basically his bread and butter, right? Like he's not the dink and dunk, go across the middle guy. He's the 40, 50 yard bomb guy. And I saw him time and time again, drop a lot of touchdown passes from Lamar. He still had good numbers, still caught a lot of balls, but um, yeah, I, I definitely don't. I think his upside isn't even his ceiling isn't even as close to the guys like Bateman, Judy, Amon Ra, Dar- Darnell Moody. He's, I think he's grossly overrated over those guys. So um yeah, that's the last thing I got to say about him before moving on. Um, yeah, I think I think Judy here, he's a perfect example of a guy that you're paying for the the ceiling. Um and I don't pay for ceilings. You know, I'll pay for the middle of the pack and I'll pay for the, the the concept of getting potential out of a guy, but I'm not taking Judy here as possibly a wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver one, knowing that that's the best he's going to be because sure. I am that sold on Corlin Sutton that, you know, if I'm taking Judy in the seventh, eighth round, I love it, but not here in the third, fourth, fifth round. Okay. I, I can get behind that. A um, couple of guys I think I'd actually take over him coming up right here is uh, Chris Godwin for Tampa Bay. He's progressing nicely. I think he's going to maybe make it to week one, but I know he's still a little banged up. Um, I'm high on this guy, Juju Smith-Schuster for Kansas City. Uh, Mari Cooper, definitely not high on him. Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis, there he is. Adam Thielen at 34, and then the wide receiver 35 is the first rookie, uh, I think, right, is uh, Drake London. What do you think about yeah. that list? Yeah, I like that. I um, I like Juju this season. I ha- I won't draft him because I hate his guts. Uh, just he's completely undraftable for me. Uh, you I think don't need Gabe, that. you don't need those vibes on your team. He's like vibes, your Ben dude. Simmons. Yeah, I don't need those vibes on my team, man. We don't we don't dance. Um, Gabe Davis love the flex play there. I think he could be a really fun wide receiver three. Now, if you got Davis as your wide receiver two, I feel sorry for you, but that better mean sure. that you have Christian McCaffrey, Jonathan Taylor, and Saquon Barkley rolling <laughs> out the troops. Um, honestly. I th- I think out of all of these guys, I'm going to take the risk on London because of the mm. upside. And I know that sounds crazy, but you got to throw the ball to somebody. Pitts is there too. So I get that. But I'm going to go London over Davis. And obviously, we talked about Schuster. I'm not touching him. So, and Amari yeah, Cooper there. So um, Watson's out. So without like Watson, a, you just yeah, can't. I, just I can't. mean, Brissett, he's yikes. He's undraftable for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, just yeah. no way. I just I don't care how long he's on the board as the number one pick uh, available. I'm not. He's undraftable. If I didn't hate Juju, he's one. Uh, Drake's two. <laughs> Gabe's three. So I'm this is there. well. What about Thielen? You missed Thielen no. in there. Not no, a, not hooked on a Thielen? Not, okay. I, I, there's, to me, there's a floor, and then there's like a trap door that opens up, and he falls through the floor. You think this the is floor. the year that he's done? I, yeah, I think this okay. is the year he's done. I think he's, an, I think he's a safe flex play, Thielen, personally. Um, flex play, like I said. But uh, where I'm at here, Matt, is uh, I can't take Drake London. And it's mm. not because of Drake London. Um, I bet on the Atlanta Falcons preseason game uh, the other day. <laughs> Yesterday, actually. That's um, degenerate. Yeah, this is bored. Um, and uh, I watched Marcus Mariota throw two deep balls, Matt. How I can't bad? Draft. Dude, undraftable bad. Ugh. Even one to Pitts. He had Pitts for a 60-yard touchdown under three, and he got tackled. Just like, and that's their best guy. And I liked Ritter. Ritter looked pretty good. Ritter actually looked really good, but not good enough to, like, he was gonna be bad when the yeah. when the first stringers are out there, you know. Yeah. Um, he's undraftable, Matt Mariota. Okay. It's that that's that's just me being a homie. To I, you. No, like, that's good to know. That's good. You to know, know, like his volume might be there. Sure, he might get a couple of TDs, but like at, at this price, you know, like eighth, ninth, tenth round, if London was there, sure. But you're gonna give me the option of Juju. Gabe Davis, who have Mahomes and Josh Allen throwing them the ball, it's just not. Listen, th- I get that's it. the risk you can't take, and, and I'm taking Thielen over him too, like a hundred percent. Like I, there just, are two guys coming up that I'd rather have. Yeah, I feel go you. for it. I feel you. R- run, run through these next two guys because I can't believe they're even this low. Yeah, so three Hunter guys Renfro actually. At, yeah, Hunter Renfro at thirty six. Uh, you've got Devontae Smith at thirty seven. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk at thirty eight. Christian Kirk at thirty nine. Alan Lazard yeah. at 40, and then Tyler Lockett at 41. Right. 
And I'm, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, Lazard, like, this is a homer thing for me. I mean, he's Aaron number one. Rogers. It's Aaron Rodgers. You just said, it's like, number one. Allen and Mahomes. Like, I'm taking Allen Lazard over Thielen and Cooper and Moore and London. Like, sure. Juju, Juju is kind of a toss up. Like, I think him and Lazard, you could, similar production. I think Schuster probably has higher potential. Um, but I honestly, honestly, man, I could see Lazard 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns. I mean, once again, the degenerate in me, um, Homer degenerate in me. Um, I put a bet on Lazard to lead the league in touchdowns. Yeah, it was like 45 to one or something like that. He was like, you know, decently down the list. I I think he has potential to have a James Jones type of year. Yeah, I know I made the TikTok about him already, so don't need to like go in extensive length about how much I how high I am on him this year. Um, he's not going to wow you in any way, but he's Aaron Rodgers' number one target. Rodgers just came out and said it a million times. Um, we love Romeo Dobbs. Uh, we don't love Christian Watson, but Sammy Watkins, Bob Tunyon, the rest of the guys, like no one's got his trust the way that Lazard does. And that's really, really valuable when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, specifically in the red area. So I, I agree with you. I, I love Lazard, I still think I would probably take Hunter Renfro over him just because of the sheer passing value coming into out of Las Vegas. Um, but other but than think, that, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you because I want to change your mind on that. Okay, sure. Devonte, Darren Waller. That's a Waller's lot not of gonna volumes. make it through the season. That's I mean, my that that's a hot take. But I just I he already has hamstring injuries. He had the ankle last year. Um, I, I just think Waller's not going to make it through the season this year. I feel you. I, I just, I'll take a number one. I, I got what you're saying. I get, you know I, get, saying? I get where your head's at. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's not that like, it's the potential of what Alan Lazard could be is what it is. I agree. It really, really I agree is. with you. But also like, there's no reason that these guys should be sitting next to each other as low as they are. Like no. I'm taking this, I'm taking Alan Lazard over Michael Thomas. Like, I mean, crazy? going, going back to the top of the, you drafted two running back lists. Like yeah. I, I'd, I'd throw Lazard. I'd, I'd probably go Lazard over Bateman. Um, but this is the fun definitely, thing. Definitely over Judy and Thomas. Right. But like you, you can sit on them for another round. It looks like and be okay. I don't know what ESPN has them ranked, which is where we'll be drafting on. But if you go wide, if you go running back, running back, tight end, right. Quarterback. And- not sure quarterback you could take three four of these guys just rip them but off. that's what just i mean first first off. four picks like you, you know? can go running back running back tight end quarterback running back running back quarterback tight end whatever um and then take four of you, these you guys could, you could end up with i mean yeah you could probably end up with an almond raw st brown um lazard renfro you know, like guys, uh, and once again, these these are low on dudes, right? You know, like yeah, you're not you're not fired up about it, but one of these guys could be the wide receiver ten this year. Yeah, you know, straight up, Lazard could be a top ten fantasy receiver this year, hundred percent. Renfro could be a top ten receiver this year for sure. Well, I'm feeling so. great. If you if this is the thing, if you if you go two RB right off the bat, and you can find a way in that third round to get Scary Terry, Corlin Sutton. DK Metcalf, those are my guys. Again, Terry McLaurin, right. Coraline Sutton, DK Metcalf. Those are my number ones in that list. They can be your number one wide receiver. And then you can go ahead and take three of the guys that we just mentioned, right? Of Amin Ra, maybe Juju, uh, Hunter Renfro, Alan Lazard, Tyler Lockett. We didn't even get to this. 42 and 43, DeAndre Hopkins and Robert Woods. Please, I'll take that as my fourth guy in those in you know, round eight. I'll take him. And, you know, by week three or four, you've got three wide receivers that are now startable players and you've already locked up your two RBs like you're chilling. Right. I, I totally agree. Um, we have a couple sleepers we want to get to here in a second, but I think moral of of everything we've gone through the past 40 ish minutes here is um, don't be afraid to be patient. We've got out of the top five receivers, we think arguably three of them are first round worthy, right? Like maybe. So don't be afraid to to sit on these receivers and, and try and find deep late value and get number one receivers on their team, a number one for Kansas City, a number one for Green Bay, a number two for Josh Allen. 
in the fourth, fifth round, dude. Like you can't well, go wrong there, right? For auction drafters, like this is the biggest thing <laughs> you can take win. away. You don't touch Je- Jefferson. You don't touch Cup. You don't touch uh, Chase. Let them go for that sixty dollars. Bye. You know, see ya. You're putting fifteen dollars on Sutton. You're putting twenty dollars on McLaurin. You're putting twenty dollars on DK Metcalf. You're putting six bucks on, on Lazard. On Lazard. You're putting twelve dollars on Amon Ross St. Brown. Go get all of them. Just go get six of them. You know what I mean? Go get six of them for the price of two wide receivers at sixty to forty dollars. Spend a hundred dollars on all of these guys or seventy-five dollars, whatever it might be. And I guarantee you, if you also go out and spend $50, $60 on a, on a running back or you give $80, $40, you're going to win your league. Guarantee yeah. it. Guar- yeah. Absolutely guarantee it. Last part of the episode here. We're going to do a quick stash them. Last round, two rounds of your draft. These are the guys you want to pick up. You have four. I have two. So I'll let you go two at a time. You go your two. I'll go my one. Okay. Okay. So I've been banging the drum um, on Johan Dotson all off season. Love him. Oh, yeah. Love what he's done. I can't not add him to this group because I only had three. And then I saw his name and I was like, oh, how can I, how can I not? How can I forget him? Yeah. Um, 100% want him. And I have four because if I have two slots to fill, I'm going to get burned on a couple of them. You know, so people are gonna <laughs> they're gonna snipe him from me. So having four is nice, but Johan Dotson, he is I must draft Jahan, in the draft. Yeah. Jahan, yeah. Uh second up, <laughs> followed that up with Nico Collins for Houston. Really like what he did at the end of the season last year, formerly Michigan. So we got the big blue for Alicia on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Shout he, out. It, hey, if Houston and, and our boy Mills can make some progression this season, I could see him being Don't a be sneaky, down. viable player. Now again. This is more or less for 14-man leagues. I'm not saying in your 12-man league, go draft Nico Collins. But in these deep, deep leagues, you might need to have that kind of a stash on the bench. I mean, shit, even in the 12-man league, in your second to last, last round, like there's you're going you, you gonna to take a veteran that you know is not going to be good and you're going to drop him anyways, you know, like <laughs> yeah. straight up. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll do a, uh, I, I'll, I'll do two right here too, just because I saw him and I think it'd be worth a stash just to kind of keep an update on where he's at. Um, the guy I'm thinking of is Mike Gallup. Like if you can yeah. keep a guy on the bench for a little bit, I think Gallup would be a pretty nice end of the draft because he will be really good once he's back. Um, but my number one draft him late third or last, just go get him is uh, George Pickens in Pittsburgh. I think he has the opportunity to be the number one this year there. Um, once again, I think he could have that Jefferson type of rookie year, not volume wise, but just catapult himself into the number one by week four, week five, like you're not, don't throw him out there the first week of the season, but I think he's better than Deontay Johnson. I think he's better than Claypool. So I think he's definitely a safe late round pick. Um, okay, go ahead. Your last two and then I'll, I'll roll my guy. Yeah. And then my third guy is Mikko Hardman. I think with Tyreek being gone, Mikko was taken if I think first round, if I remember correctly, right, Matt? Um, I think second. Early was though, it, yeah. was it? Yeah, so they they spent a valuable asset on him, and I think this year could be the year where he finally gets the opportunity to really utilize some of that speed and that down the field play. Uh, I think also with him understanding play packages a little bit more, having a, an advanced relationship with Patrick Mahomes, that at the end of the draft you could be getting a guy that showcases immense value. And more importantly, trade value. People love to go after players that Patrick Mahomes is throwing to. Sure. You just snag him late and go ahead and move him for you know a flex running back or possibly your handcuff running back because you missed out on him. That itself is worth the draft pick. And the last guy I got is going to be Jamison Williams. Like We're talking about the most explosive, our number one wide receiver on the board during the draft. I know he's playing in Detroit, but the end of the day he has the athletic ability to stretch the field and i think jerry goff is a competent enough quarterback to get him the ball you're talking about a guy that could come back just in time for playoffs to make that final push for you and could immediately give you wide receiver two upside yep and uh, i'd be remiss if i uh did not say to draft this guy late this is more or less for myself <laughs> so if you take this guy late i will probably be a little salty um he is uh number 87 on this list here. He is the hype God himself, the savior of the Green Bay Packers, the rookie of the year, Romeo Dobbs, spelled D-O-U-B-S, the best 
potential rookie receiver in the draft class. I'm playing, but Romeo Dobbs, um, probably the most hype I've ever seen out of a receiver in Packers camp. And uh, I've watched a lot of Packers camp throughout my life. He looks fantastic. He's looked great in both preseason games, burned a guy the first game, jumped up and mossed a guy a second game for a touchdown. Um, I think he's going to start. <laughs> I, I legit think this kid's going to start for the Packers this year, which is crazy. Um, so Romeo Dobbs, I think, would be a fantastic guy to have on your bench to draft the last round of the draft. Definitely. And I love him already. I'm just going to go ahead and just say this. It's uh it's really fortunate that we can say it's crazy that a rookie is going to be starting for us. And I think that also goes to show kind of the false narrative that the media has painted for Green Bay. Um, Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, you know, we, we Sammy. have some, Sammy, we have some players that are useful players and yeah, sure. They're not going to be Romeo Dobbs and that athletic ability and some of the potential he has shown, but they're solid guys. And I think that's another reason why I'm so high on Alan Lazard this season is People just continue to disrespect him. So just shit on just him and, and Raj, him. dude. Like yep. Raj is so good. I I couldn't agree more with you, bro. So everyone, we appreciate you all. If you have your drafts this weekend, good luck. Shoot us some feedback. Shoot us a DM on Instagram or Twitter or t- uh, TikTok, wherever you guys follow us. Let us know what you liked. If you took any advice, if you hated some advice, uh, we'd love to hear everyone's feedback when you guys reach out. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at PitcherBetPod. I think TikTok we're actually PitcherBetSports. Um, and you can follow Matt Morris on Twitter at Matt underscore E underscore Morris. Me, Matt Guest, at Matt underscore Guest. And we will see you next week. Football season's right around the corner. Probably talk a little college. 